Section 5 of The Vegetable Garden. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Vegetable Garden by Ida Dandridge Bennett. Chapter 4 How to Maintain Fertility, Part 2. Phosphorus is used by plants in the form of phosphoric acid and there are several forms in which it can be had. The organic forms of nitrogen, which I have mentioned, contain a little phosphoric acid. The most common and most highly concentrated form of phosphoric acid on the market now is superphosphates, or soluble phosphates. These are derived from the phosphate rock secured in South Carolina, Florida, and Tennessee. They are seldom used in their natural state, because but little of the phosphoric acid in them is available as plant food. It is made available by grinding and treating with sulfuric acid. These treated phosphate rocks contain 25 to 30 percent of available phosphoric acid. Thomas slag, a by-product in the manufacture of steel, has been used frequently as a source of phosphoric acid, but as the supply is limited, it cannot always be obtained. It contains about 19 or 20 percent of available phosphoric acid and 6 or 7 percent which is insoluble in soil water. Bone contains a great deal of phosphoric acid, about 22 percent, and it also contains about 4 percent of nitrogen. Bone can be secured in several different forms, such as raw, boiled or steamed, and fine bone. Upon its condition when applied to the land, will depend the rapidity with which it will become available to the plants. All the phosphoric acid in raw, broken bone will not become available and used up by the plants in less than four years, because the fat retards decay. For this reason the bone is steamed and ground, and in this condition all the phosphoric acid will have become available in about two years. In steamed bone there is less nitrogen, however, because some of the organic material containing it is removed by the process. Other forms of bone which are sometimes used as fertilizers are bone black and bone ash. They are much less valuable because in their preparation by burning all the organic matter is driven off, therefore they contain no nitrogen and it lessens the amount of phosphoric acid somewhat. Tankage is the only other material containing phosphoric acid which is sufficiently common in the trade to warrant consideration. The fertilizing content of tankage varies according to what it is made from. The higher its percentage of phosphoric acid, the less nitrogen it contains and vice versa. At present there are five different grades on the market containing anywhere from 7 to 19 or 20 percent of phosphoric acid. Its price also varies according to its contents. When soluble phosphoric acid is added to the soil, it becomes fixed or insoluble by combining with lime, making lime phosphate, or by uniting with iron or alumina. The former is the most desirable form, as the phosphoric acid in lime phosphate is more readily reconverted into available forms for plant use by the fermentation of organic material in the soil than are the phosphates of iron and alumina. Therefore, to ensure the formation of lime phosphate, it is necessary that the soil should be well supplied with lime and humus. The other element, potash, which it is necessary to add to the soil, 
is derived mainly from muriate or chloride of potash, sulphate of potash, and unleached hardwood ashes. Most of the potash, other than the ashes, comes from mines in Germany. Sulphate of potash is a much better form to use because the chlorides in muriate of potash seem to have an unfavourable effect on crops. This is particularly true of tobacco and potatoes. Kainite is frequently offered and sold by dealers. Its potash is in the form of sulphates, but as it contains large quantities of chlorides mixed with it, it has the same general effect on plants as muriate of potash. High-grade sulphate of potash contains 48 to 51 percent of potash, low-grade 28 to 30 percent, kainite 12 to 14 percent, muriate of potash 80 to 85 percent pure, 50 to 53 percent, and unleached wood ashes 4 to 8 percent. Never use leached wood ashes as a direct fertilizer, as they usually contain but a small percentage of potash. When muriate of potash is used, the chlorides combine with the lime, forming chloride of lime, which is very soluble and leaches away rapidly, a distinct disadvantage, and it makes applications of lime necessary. Further, the presence of large quantities of chloride of lime in soil is apt to be detrimental to plants. Greater effect is had from the use of these potash fertilizers on light, sandy soils, humus soils, or those containing lime, than on heavy clay loams. On the light soils, to get the full value of the potash applied, there should be in it considerable lime. Without the lime, the soluble potash leaches out rapidly. I have described these different fertilizing elements at some length, in order that if the reader desires to mix his own fertilizers, he will know what each contains. Unless one uses only a small quantity of these commercial fertilizers, it is a distinct advantage in point of cost to do the mixing at home rather than to buy the ready mixed materials. Not only is it necessary to pay the manufacturer for mixing them, but you also pay freight on earth, which is always added to these ready made fertilizers as fillers. Another distinct advantage of home mixed fertilizers is that the ingredients can be varied according to the needs of plants grown and the condition of the soil. For an average soil, on which the ordinary garden crops, beets, cabbage, cucumbers, celery, tomatoes, etc., are being grown, a fertiliser compounded as follows will give good results. Nitrate of soda, 50 pounds. Sulphate of ammonia, 100 pounds. Dried blood, 150 pounds. Acid phosphate, 550 pounds. Muriate of potash, 150 pounds. An equal amount of sulphate of potash can be supplemented for the muriate of potash if that form is best for the crop. This is enough for the spring application to one acre, but it should be supplemented by two or three dressings of nitrate of soda at intervals during the season, giving about 100 to 200 pounds each time. The formula just given, reduced to amounts for a small area, say a 25 by 100 foot plot, would be Nitrate of soda, two and a half pounds, sulphate of ammonia, five pounds, dried blood, seven and a half pounds, acid phosphate, twenty-seven and a half pounds, muriate of potash, seven and a half pounds, and the subsequent dressings of nitrate of soda would be five to ten pounds each. 
The ingredients of this formula may be changed. For instance, if bone meal is more accessible, an equal amount can be substituted for the acid phosphate, but the phosphoric acid will not be so quickly available. When mixing fertilizers, great care must be taken to evenly distribute all the ingredients through the mixture. This is best done by putting them in a pile in layers and then throwing them into another pile. Always shovel from the bottom of the pile, throwing the material on the top of the second pile. Three or four turnings will be necessary to thoroughly incorporate all the ingredients. All these substances which I have mentioned are direct fertilizers, but there are soils from which the full value of these cannot be had without the use of a stimulant or indirect fertilizer. Lime and land plaster or gypsum are used for this purpose. The reasons for the liming land are, first, that sour or acid soils must be neutralized or made slightly alkaline, because the bacteria, which convert the organic forms of nitrogen into the forms of nitrates, cannot thrive in acid soils. Second, used in small quantities, it will bind loose sandy soils. Third, it will flocculate stiff clayey soils, making the passage of water through them easier, lessening the tendency to wash, and permitting better aeration. Fourth, in holding the potash compounds, as already described, and overcoming the bad effect of potash salts containing chlorides. There are other, lesser reasons, which it is not necessary to discuss here. Gypsum is just as good as lime for all these reasons, except in the correction of soil acidity. To determine if the soil is sour, one of two methods can be used. Take a fair sample of the soil, and mix enough water with it to make the mass the consistency of thin mortar, then embed in it a strip of blue litmus paper. Allow it to stand half an hour or more, and then, if the paper has turned pink, you will know that the soil is in need of lime. Another way is to place a tablespoonful of soil in a glassful of water and a teaspoonful of weak ammonia. If, after standing several hours, the liquid becomes dark brown or black, it is an indication of soil acidity. The amount of lime necessary will vary according to the soil. Light sandy loams will not need more than 500 pounds per acre, 25 pounds for a plot 25 by 100 feet, but when applied to heavy clay loams, as much as 5,000 or 6,000 pounds can be used, 250 to 300 pounds on a 25 by 100 foot plot. These applications of lime do not need to be made oftener than once in five to seven years. For heavy, mucky soils, like freshly drained marshes, fresh burnt lime may be used to good advantage, but in most cases, slacked lime, which has been exposed to the weather for some time, is better. A common way in some parts of the country is to bury the lime in soil in the fall and distribute it the following spring. The lime must be evenly distributed and then harrowed in. This should take place several weeks before planting the crop, for if done immediately before seeding, the seeds are very apt to be injured. Wood ashes contain about 34% of lime. These can be used to good effect on sandy or acid soils. End of chapter 4, part 2